AOAO. Hey, we are back. We're back live, recording live. And welcome to your Everyday Rich podcast. Well, welcome back to this Everyday Rich podcast. Welcome if back. you have stuck with us for at least the pilot episode. So I thank you for that. We thank you for that. We made it. <laughs> we made it. I think from what I heard, like most podcasts only make the first episode and then they don't go any further. Oh, crap. I've, really? heard, I've heard some kind of stat about that. Like if you get past the first episode, it's like you're already like the not the common, you know? <laughs> well, uh, we hope to be uncommon. Um, but yeah, that's awesome. Second episode. So by default, hopefully we've already achieved. We've already uh, surpassed we've... many other people yes. that have. We're trying to create a podcast. We made it. We made it. We made it. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah, no, no. Thank you for um, tuning back in. If you guys are here, um, we have a really fun episode today. I think um, this is a hopefully it's interesting to you guys. It better be better damn be because why else would you be here? Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, it's it's five money scripts that are holding you back from living your everyday rich or limiting you from your potential of living your everyday rich. And as we kind of discussed in our previous episode, the pilot episode of what your everyday rich means to you, hopefully you've kind of defined that for yourself and asked yourself, you know, what does it mean for you to live your everyday rich? Obviously, you know, there's some finances and uh, around that. <clears throat> but uh, a big part of I think when we were talking about stuff and just thinking about our childhood, like there are a lot of deeply rooted things that we've come up with and grown up with from mm -hmm. our parents and like you know, like just to fill in some more context if you're tuning in for the first time like we are chinese i'm a chinese born canadian and jen is a uh born to immigrant parents born to immigrant parents and i technically born to immigrant parents as well so we both are born to asian immigrant parents so that mentality of like money demons like to call it or money scripts has grown with us a long time since we were kids and yeah what we want to talk about today is kind of what are those what are those top five that we we thought of money scripts that really hindered could could hinder you and maybe maybe some of these scripts are true to you maybe they're not mm -hmm. there's tons right and and these are these are the five that we thought of like uh, from our childhood so before we get started let's yeah, define yeah. what money scripts are so what is a money script well, a money script is, you want the formal definition? The, yeah, um, go for it. Okay. Well, let's look at your phone then. <laughs> money script is? Money script is a unconscious belief or bias towards money or finances that are deeply rooted from your childhood and they impact your outlook or behavior towards money. Mm -hmm. So essentially, all, what that means is stuff that you've learned and you've heard and picked up unconsciously from your parents or from your upbringing, really, it, it affects how you use you view. view money. Yeah. And that's a big, big thing because we unconsciously don't realize that, right? It's like, it's like that whole, like, you've been incepted, right? Since, oh, yeah. <laughs> man, we've, it's literally inception from your parents, but like innocent inception. Um, so let's get to number one. Well, I think even before we get to number one, like I want to share a story, right? Okay, like, go for it. So if you ever think back to kind of like, if you're thinking about like, what's, what, what are money scripts, right? Or what, what, what kind of money scripts that I grew up with? 
And, you know, like there are these things when we were kids, right? When in during the times where when immigrants came here, like they didn't have much. Like you hear a lot of like famous actors coming over to over to America or Canada or whatever, like celebrities. Like the most famous one is The Rock, right? You you talk here, The Rock, seven bucks. I came to America, my family was seven bucks in my pocket. Yeah, it's definitely a rags to riches story. Yeah, and although that is inspiring, that's a very common thing. Like my parents came to Canada with not a lot of money. Like mm -hmm. I don't even know how they afforded to afforded. We're able to afford. Afforded? Is that a word? Afforded? No, it's not. Jeez. <laughs> well, good thing I'm not. A, this is not an English podcast. So, <laughs> like, um, yeah, we came. My parents came here with not a lot of money to, to Canada, and you know the very common theme back then is that like immigrants didn't have a lot of formal education. The big thing back then is that um, both Jen and I come from very big families. So, like, or sorry, our parents. Were part of big families and that's a very common baby boomer theme that they had eight siblings five siblings nine siblings mm -hmm. like can you imagine living with nine other people in your house right now so you know the thing that really is i think rooted in that is there's that scarcity right where they grew up in that environment that like whatever they had and they like the money that they had they have to keep on keep keep so all that is impacted and obviously in their parenting, which by the way, there is no guidebook to parenting, right? Like it passes on just unnatural, naturally, just unconsciously. So, you know, giving you some of that context of where me personally for me, like I don't even realize I had these unconscious bias beliefs that impacted us. So maybe you do. And that's why I want to share with you that story, right? Because, you know, it, I can personally tell you that, you know, we, we have these unconscious biases. So anyways, hundred percent. Yeah. So number one, all right, let's get into it. Number one, number one. Um, don't talk about money. <laughs> and what are we doing right now? We're talking about talking money. About money. <laughs> and this is the whole point of this podcast, right? Is other than finding kind of like your reason why, why we do all this is like financial literacy and money is an important piece of living your everyday rich. Don't get me twisted again, right? Like this, it's really is. But why do we not talk? I don't know, Jen, why, why do we not talk about money? Like, uh, like, did... I think it's, it's, it's pride. It's also I think it's a it's a topic where a lot of judgment comes into play. And yeah. people are fearful of judgment. Everyone is like we are, yeah, we are fearful of judgment. Oh, yeah. You know, sometimes when we talk about it, we don't know what other people are thinking. And yeah, there are people that will judge you, right? 100%. But I think the benefits will outweigh, right? The other things that, you know, that might not be great about it. Yeah, it's, um, you know, stories from my childhood. I remember my parents, like, we we never really talked about money per se. It wasn't about like, you know, how much money they made or how much money our aunties made or our uncles or whatever, you know, like, or this coworker or their bosses. It was just about like, stay in your lane. You do make your, your money, do save, your do yeah. your thing. And don't, don't talk about it. It's not nice to talk about it. Yeah. But the thing is like, when you say do your thing, what does that mean? Right. Yeah. You know, you only know what you know. You don't know what you don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Right. 
So if you stay in your lane and do your thing, and that might be okay, right? But there's so much more potential if you went a little bit out of your lane. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's only so much you know. And if you don't ask someone about it, if you don't go out and look for it, you're missing out on so much potential, right? Yeah. And I think that's just the immigrant culture. And I don't know if that's the case for like, you know, I guess, you know, fifth generation Canadians or fifth generation Americans or whatever, right, that have been in a new land for many, many generations. But, you know, that's kind of our experience is it was that was just the mentality. And well, and people don't like to ask for help sometimes too, right? Like it's a pride. It's a pride thing, right? You know, as I think anybody, it's hard to ask for help, especially in this type of environment where people are so defined by how much money they make. And that is like their, 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 um, measuring stick, measuring yeah. stick of success. Yeah. So when you're not, you don't make as much money or you, you, you can't live the life that someone else is living. It's like, okay, I'm afraid to ask for help because I'm not there. Yeah. Or maybe, or, I, maybe I sh I'm ashamed I'm not there. Yeah. Right. Yeah, absolutely. It, and, and I want to say is that it is hard to talk about money because of it's such a it's culturally ingrained as a taboo topic, like in North America, I believe, probably around the world. Like, it, it, but I want us to have those uncomfortable, uncomfortable conversations. And we have these topic conversations all the time. I mean, it's different between your spouse. But, you know, if you think back to the days where you were dating someone, right? <laughs> Did you ever talk about money? or plan finances when you were, let's say, engaged or, you know, going through a relation, a really serious relationship, I'm going to bet you didn't. And, and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. But that's just part of the culture that we're, we're brought up to, right, is, you know, don't talk about the money. And, uh, you know, the whole script of don't talk about money is you think about what can, why is, why is that? Why is that preventing you from living everyday rich? Because, well, if you don't talk about something that's so important to living your everyday rich, how are you going to be able to do that? It's funny. When I think about our relationship, when we started out as friends, like we, so Jason and I have been friends since we were in high school. So I don't know. I think we met when we were like 16 or 17 oh, or something like that. I don't even know. Anyways, we all we went to school. We went to university. And then uh, we, were, we graduated the same year, so we were both looking for our first job. Oh yeah, yeah. So I got my first job. I was I was working as a co-op student during my during university, so I got an offer um, for a permanent full time job, like right at right out of school. I didn't mm -hmm. have to go look for a job. And then Jason was looking for a job, and I think he was other than my parents, he was probably the first person that I shared my salary with. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's it's not and that's not even not that's not even normal because and I think about that now and I'm like, oh, I guess we had that good friendship yeah. where we were comfortable talking about money. Yeah. Yeah. Like I don't think I shared that with anybody else. Yeah. I, but I, you because we were just we were trying to encourage each other, hey, you know, like yeah. you're looking for a job, this is how much I make, like, you know, you should go look for a job and 
how much money you're going to make. You know, we're we're not trying to like compare it, you know, into <laughs> yeah. like, oh, I make more money than you. But I think we were just trying to understand like what is the going rate out there. Yeah, like, yeah. This is the stuff that we should be talking about because it's general knowledge. It's general knowledge, and it only it'll only make you more successful when you talk to someone else about this kind of stuff, right? Yeah, and I remember when I when I finally landed that offer, um, and you know, I remember it was like you're saying, oh well. I got offered this and other people and we talked about, you know, heard up rumors about friends getting, you know, this salary or whatever. And I came out with a notion of like, okay, well, if I hit that salary, I'll be like, I'm happy. Yep. And I remember when I got the offer, I was like, holy shit. Hey, listen, look, it's actually a lot higher than I thought. Uh, a lot higher than mine. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, look, look. And then you were like, that's awesome. Yeah. And I don't remember telling my parents. I actually don't remember if I told my parents. I think I did down the road. You didn't tell your parents? I, no, I told them later, oh, right? I, I told my parents. I told them later, but their reaction was like, oh, good. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> right? Because, I mean, Asian parents are just like, oh, okay. That, that's like a B plus. That, that's all right. Oh. Uh, <laughs> right? So, I mean, but it, I mean, it goes to stem like, if fine, you know, we want to encourage you to talk about money. Not boastfully, but in a way that can help you ask some questions, right? Like, well, I make this much money. How can I make more money? Or, hey, I've got, you know, this debt issue. Mm -hmm. How can I get out of it, mm -hmm. right? Or, you know, I got this much money saved up. What should I do with it? Because I actually don't know. And th those are the conversations about, like, the money that we want to talk about, right? So that you can arm yourself, like back to the whole message of your everyday rich, like arm yourself with the tools and the knowledge so that you can kind of figure it out. And we want to be part of that figuring out for you. So anyways, that's, that's a long way to just say, don't be afraid to talk about money. Reach out to someone. Maybe it's us. Hey, listen, we're happy to like try to answer and guide you if we can. That's right. But you got to ask first. That's right. Uh, All right, number two. Number two. <laughs> All right, number two, because we are filming on quote unquote film. For, uh, Catch it. it. Okay, number two. Uh, save your way to retirement. <clears throat> I mean, it's common, right? Like, what do we hear growing up? You have to save. You have to save, 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 save. And one day, You'll have enough money to retire. Well, don't get me wrong. Let's first of all, let's break that down. Yep. Saving is important, right? Saving yes. means saving means you spend less than what you earn, right? So that delta is the money you save, right? The part two of that is once you know that delta and you've gotten that delta. Mm -hmm. What do you do with it, right? Putting in a savings account, letting it sit there for, I don't know, 30 years, yeah. right? That is good to a degree, right? But having putting that, that, that delta, that, that dollar value in a savings account for whatever number of years is going to be very difficult especially nowadays for you to save for retirement. Yeah. And I think, I, I think, you know, I, the the big thing is that let's distinguish like Jen, you made a really good point, right? That 
save like on top of what you save i think what we got to do is you have to compound that growth right you have to yeah. grow that um much greater than what just your money sitting there would do and you know let's not get into economics of like inflation rates and you know the rates being higher now and all that but long story short is the longer you hold your money uh, like cash let's just call it cash right under the mattress your money devalues every single day that's right right because of this thing called inflation where the cost of goods and services continue to rise and outpaces the value of money this is that's going to be a whole nother like episode that we talk about like why, why that is and how that happens how that impacts you but you have to grow your money um in order to be able to get to your retirement goals that that is just the cold hard truth right i think back in the day when money was still relatively cheap so to say like the, there was a lot of value in that dollar still because was wasn't as much circulating yeah it wasn't as much money circulating the system and people could save their way to retirement like you really could you really could but that's not the case anymore and it hasn't been i think for like 35 40 years so you know um that's not going to change anytime soon if anything it's going to make it Worse. even harder so right. like yes make sure you do create the good habits of saving more than you spend okay here let me let me tell you it's like a business have more income spend less and the rest that's what you get to play with right and whatever you decide to do with that leftover just make sure you don't buy more dumb shit that's all <laughs> okay number two don't buy dumb shit <laughs> yeah that should be don't buy, don't buy dumb shit um all right that's number simple. that's it yeah that's it i don't know anything else no all right. no that's it all right well number three debt is bad <sighs> yeah this is gonna be a doozy that's like a, a loaded sentence there's a loaded sentence so, so what's i wish that so let's 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 first what is debt debt is borrowed money uh that you leverage to purchase goods and services right and debt always has debt always has interest interest correct and debt is magically created right so if like we go down this just a little bit rabbit hole here like mm -hmm. the money system is basically based on debt right like you have this thing called money that when you go to the bank you say hey i'm looking to purchase this house or loan uh make get a loan for a car or whatever mm -hmm. they basically go okay well here and here's the money here's the money they magically create money for you and that's debt like they literally created more money into the system by this artificial thing called debt and the term debt has a negative connotation to it because when baby boomers came out of the war remember there was no debt at all well i mean other than the government having you know spent billions of dollars on war but there was no debt because they came out of a recession like they came out of this period where they're all they were doing is just let's work now right industrial revolution all that stuff like and this notion of oh i have to owe money that's bad like i have to owe money oh my god like growing up like that's that was a thing too growing up yeah. right 
don't ever owe anybody money. Yeah. Right? Someone buys you dinner, you owe them 50 bucks. Yeah. Pay them 50 bucks. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. Like, right. And that, and that, and that is true. And that, and I agree with that, but that's not how all debt is laid out. Right. That's yes. Right. If you owe someone, if you borrowed, you know, some money from somebody, right. You right. should pay them back. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you should pay them back. That debt is bad. There are, there are, there's certain principles here that I don't, right? we're not going to, you know, we're not going to try to define all these like morally, ethically principles of like, yeah, if you borrow, if you borrow from a friend or whatever, like make sure you pay them back. Right. That, that, that is like, you can't even just put a number to that. That's right. But we talk about basically like, let's call it like <clears throat> mortgage debt, right? Yep. Versus credit card debt. Yep. Versus automobile loan debt. Yep. And all these other debts, so-called consumer debts, right? Consumer debts. That's right. And we are taught that debt is bad in general. Like pay off your house as fast as possible. Pay off your more, uh, your like all these debts as fast as possible. It's not good to owe someone money. And I'll caveat that is there is a truth to this, right? Like some debt, most debt is actually bad because debt is created to make money for the banking system. Mm -hmm. Okay. Like credit card debt. Like credit card debt. So anything that is not producing income in a form that pays you back or pays off the debt itself mm -hmm. is bad debt. bad debt. So give you an example. If I'm borrowing on a credit card to purchase something, that interest, you know, a pair of shoes, right? Or whatever. That debt is instantly accrued. Like it is starting right now. And nothing I can do with those pair of shoes can get me. Can pay it back. Can pay it back. Unless you flip it. However, like that. that that's different. Oh, that's, that's, different. Not, that's another business yeah. model. This is a business model. Because that's actually right? a real business yeah, it's model. it's a business model. It's a real business model. <laughs> right. So, but in general, like we buy things to eat or buy things to use, right? It doesn't pay it back. So that debt, that high interest debt is essentially costing you money if you do not pay it back. And that's why we want to define where now, let's say if you go borrow, obtain a mortgage, okay, for a rental income property, real estate assets, where that mortgage that you've owed, now you have this like mortgage, right? Yeah. That, let's say like two, like, you know, $2,000 a month yeah. mortgage. And you have X amount of interest to pay every single month. Mm -hmm. That interest and in that mortgage is paid down by the rent that you receive from your tenants. Mm-hmm. Right. Remember, income expenses equals delta, right? More income, less expenses, you have a you have a delta. So that if when you combine that, if you have more rent coming in than your expenses, than your interest, that gets paid off. And then your mortgage gets paid off. So that that debt is essentially free. Yeah. Okay? So you're borrowing money, right? To create to create money. Money. Yeah. And that's where you have to understand, like, this is a real thing, right? So that notion of bad debt, like all debt is bad, it's not, okay? And we, we won't get into, like, the common thing about your primary residence is technically, like, they call it good debt. Uh, I, uh, I don't think that's we have... A, that's a long Yeah, it's a long conversation. Yeah, and there, there's, there's both camps to that, so... Um, but that's the example, guys. So, right, debt, not all debt is bad, and... The wealthy, really wealthy people and the people that we have seen uh, 
leapfrog like so many steps ahead in their financial journey have leveraged debt to get them there. But smart, but le- like very smart. Like mm-hmm. not over leverage because mm-hmm. that could fuck you in the like. That screw you over too. <laughs> screw you over too. Yep. All right. But knowing how much risk to put on the table and where to put it is important. Anyways. So guys, not all debt is bad. Not all debt is bad. Okay. So <laughs> tell your parents that. <laughs> All right, number four, number four, number four. The more money you have, the happier you will be. So is that saying uh, money buys me happiness? Yeah. Does it? No. <laughs> Why not? Again, I think I said I think I said this in the first episode. It's not about how much money you have in the bank. It's like what does that do for you? How does that yeah. make you feel? Right. I can tell you probably there are many people who have a ton of money, billions and billions of dollars, but they are not happy. No, no. They are not happy. Ugh. You know, sad like it is, sad as it is, but it's a true story. You know, hearing hearing our parents obviously struggle for money at some point. <clears throat> and a lot of our friends, this same situation, right? Where are their their parents? Like they're all hustling for money. I mean the notion of like, oh, if I make this much money, I will be set. I will be happy. You know, I heard, I heard a friend tell me long, long time ago was like, oh, all, all I'm trying to get to is six figures. If I get to six figures by this time, I think I'll be set. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like this, it brings me back to the days where like during my first, uh, my first, I guess, my first job, my first career, right out of school, you know, I, we, I worked so much in a, like a very high intense industry that paid very well. And, you know, I, I got to that point through so much overtime. Yeah. After how many hours of how many hours of work and and night shifts, night shifts, long (laughs) stints traveling. And I tell you right now, like that didn't change my life. It didn't make me happier. Right. Like, when, when you double your salary in one working year because of all that work, it doesn't make you happier. I could tell you right that. Like we looked at, remember I showed you this one time, we were comparing with my coworkers back then. And most of those coworkers were all single back then, right? No kids, nothing. It was just like, let's work, let's, let's go, let's go. And I looked at the amount of hours like logged in. Mm-hmm. I was like, that can't be real. I worked, I worked and traveled over, I worked half of the year, like overtime. I yep. logged half a year of overtime, a calendar year. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. And you felt it too. You yeah. were like, where the fuck are you? You're traveling so much. And how did it make you feel? It did make me happier. I mean, it. I didn't even go and spend all that money because it's like, well, what the hell am I going to buy? Like, you know, that's the thing. Part of it was like my, my, how I was raised. It was like, you know, like. You don't just go spend your money all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I bought a motorcycle. That was my toy. I bought a motorcycle. That was really fun. I wish instead of buying a motorcycle, I bought like a few houses or something or, you know, more stock. I, I did buy lots of stock. But at that time, it made you happy. Yeah, yeah. That's what made me happy. Yeah, because that's that's what we were all focused on, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the crowd you were with was, you know, let's go experience life. Mm-hmm. And... 
yeah, always wanted to drive a motorcycle, ride a motorcycle. And it was like, I tell you, I tell Jen all the time, it's like, man, being on a motorcycle is like one of the most <laughs> free things you can do. Like there is nothing like riding a motorcycle. Unless you ride a motorcycle, you don't understand that feeling, right? But anyways, like, yeah, it made you happy temporarily, right. right? But once you spend that money, then it's gone. Then you're like, shit, I got to go make that back. Mm-hmm. And it's this continuous cycle of working, making the money, spending it, and then going through this like realization, crap, I spent it. Now I got to go back and work again and make it. It's mm-hmm. like this big cycle. So I don't know. I think it doesn't really necessarily make you happier. It can make you temporarily happy. But you have to define that, right? What's really ultimately going to make you happy? Yeah. Back back to what does that money do for yeah. you? What What feeling does that bring, right? For example, if you like to go on vacation, it's because that vacation brings you a specific feeling, Yeah. right? So that money is just a vehicle to get you to that feeling. So if you can't define how that money and what that money can do for you, then you're right. You go buy something, it's just a it's just a thing, right? Yeah. Just retail therapy. It's a retail therapy, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Right. And that's that's the that's the that's the thought process that we want to try to encourage for you to avoid. Not saying that you can't, just saying if you really want to take control of your finances, like taking that money to build more income for you so that you could figure out like, well, you know what? I actually enjoy spending my money on this, this, whatever it is, whatever it is, as opposed to like seeing everyone on Instagram or social media or your friends live a certain lifestyle. Be like, I want to live like that. You're like, why the fuck do you want to live like that? Are you sure? Does that make you happy? Does it make you happy? And if it does, and that's fine, but make sure you understand that you're not just following the crowd, right? Yeah. Like really look at what makes you happy, mm-hmm. right? That's just because you have a dollar value doesn't necessarily mean it equates to that happiness. That's yeah, not, yeah, right. Yeah. Everyone, it's, it's defined differently for everybody. Yeah. So I don't know. Um, yeah, what do you think? You, what else can we add here? That's it. That's it, right? I mean, Money and sh- everything. It ain't about the dollar value. Yeah. At some point, you realize it ain't. It's important, but it ain't everything. So just be objective about that. Like ask yourself that, right? If you are listening and you're like, ah, they're full of shit. They haven't made enough money. I could tell you enough. I could tell you right now, we've been on both sides of the coin, right? Where, yeah, there wasn't a lot of money, but then, yeah, there was enough money to make us a quote unquote happy, but like it didn't change your world. I think where you get into like life changing money, mm-hmm. it meets the questions you asked about like what am i trying to what am i after and once you actually achieve that like uh, sorry this is a tangent but i think it's important because we define happiness by a measuring stick that's qualitative like quantitative quantitative Mm -hmm. right um it's like this feeling this feeling of like well if I can travel like this, or if I can drive this car, if I can live in this big ass house, that's my happiness. No, that is a figment of social media and a figment of social pressures Yep. that is based on capitalism, right? This whole big money machine. Everyone's like, you are paying to buy this house. So you're paying someone else for that house. 
you're paying someone else for that nice car and it makes them rich. Yep. So define yourself again, like, what are you trying to do this for? Right. And yo, if more to you, man, if you want to like, like we said in the first episode, if you want to drive those fancy cars, you want to live in that big ass house, you want to buy those Gucci belts, those really, really ugly Gucci belts, then go buy it. But make sure, like I said, does that really make you question yourself? Does that really make you happy? But it goes back to number two, right? Like, save your money, retire the whole member. Don't buy stupid shit. That's it. Make sure it's not stupid shit. That's all, right? Because if you buy stupid shit before you can actually afford it, it's actually not going to make you happy when you realize, oh, crap, I have to actually pay more interest on that because I bought it on a credit card that I realized how interest works. Because Jason said, oh, not all debt is bad. But remember, certain debt is bad. Anyways. That's right. All right, let's move on. Um, number five. Number five. I cannot improve my finances unless you work with a professional. Who are these professionals? Like, who the hell are, like, are these financial advisors or financial advisors? And, and there is a difference. We'll, we'll try to Google that. You want know, to try to Google that, the difference between financial advisor and financial advisors? There's a difference. One is actually certified to give financial advice. The other one is just a title that uh, provides services for a bank. Mm-hmm. But I think that's not true at all. You know, I, it goes back to like, okay, we don't know what we don't know, right? So, you know, the notion of I can't improve my situation if I don't work with someone that knows what they're doing. And the only way to get really good at that is work with a pro. In a sense, that's true. Yeah, you, you, there are yeah. certain professionals that you should be talking to. You should be talking to an accountant, mm-hmm. right? Maybe if you're in a business, you'd be talking to a lawyer, Mm -hmm. right? So there are certain professionals that will help you in different aspects of your financial journey, but it's not a one and all where I go talk to, Hey, Hey, Jason, you know, my financial advisor, what should I do now? Right. There's not that all encompass one person that like is going to make you go from $0 to whatever dollars you're looking for. Right. It just, it doesn't work that way. Yeah, it's it's true. So I think, you know, the the key thing here is it goes back to number one, right? If you don't talk about money with someone, you won't know where to go. So you don't know where to where that path who I should talk to. So yes, you can go talk to your banking professional, and they'll give you options that the bank has. And that's always one option. So don't automatically say, hey, you know what, that option doesn't make sense, because it's a mutual fund, or it's this or that, like, Remember, it's not all one size fits all, yeah. but there are so many different options that are potentially better that you can talk to your friends. You can talk to see what they're doing, right? Mm-hmm. Or talk to people that maybe it's your boss, right? Maybe they own a company. Hey, what do they do? Right? It might be really awkward, but maybe you talk to the entrepreneur that owns the big store down the street, right? Or the guy that drives or the girl that drives that really nice car nine out of ten eight out of ten times they they've probably it's a big facade however you're going to run into real people that have found success financially mm-hmm. right? and you can ask them hey they're not a financial professional but they just figured things out that's right right and they're not trying to sell you anything yeah they're not trying to sell you anything right um 
So the big question is like, okay, who do I need to ask? Right. And there's this book out there called who, not how, and that's the biggest thing. Like, who do you ask? So, uh, I, I would start with Google, honestly, like Google is such a good place. YouTube, right. You know, you can literally type, how do I improve my finances? And remember, because like, we don't know your situation. We can only give you context from our situation. Like, like who did we ask? Like, I remember we've tried to look for a financial planner. Yeah. This is like early in the days. And this is like, this is what we've learned. This is how we've learned over the years too. I remember, um, if you know, if you listen to our first episode where we, where we talked about, you know, one of the first things we did was look at how much we would have at retirement. I remember we actually got in contact with a person who was so-called a financial advisor. And this was a referral from a friend. Mm And we met up with this person at Tim Hortons down the street. I don't, do you remember this? That we it's did insurance? this? Was it insurance? They called themselves a financial. Oh yeah, they yeah, called yeah. themselves a financial yeah, planner. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So when it was a, like I said, it was a referral from a yeah, friend. Yeah. Right. Oh, so yeah. we met up with this person yeah. at Tim Hortons down the street. Yeah. And then what ended up happening was they were selling us some more mutual funds. <laughs> I'm like, that's what a financial planner does. Like, yeah. you know, I had like all these other questions that I want answered. And at the end of the day, he tried to sell me mutual funds. Yeah. So, and we're looking, what the fuck? Seriously? What? Okay. So I guess this is not working out. But yeah, like that's the thing. There's no, unfortunately, there is no one person out there that could say, hey, looking at your life and your finances, this is what you should do. Unfortunately, that, that doesn't, that doesn't exist. But there are a lot of people out there that have seen a lot of different scenarios and can provide you some guidance, right? It's not advice. It's just guidance, right? Mm-hmm. Of what you could do and what you could, which which path you can take, right? Which steps you can take to basically start. And you know, there, there are people that we know now that we have connected with that actually have worked with really stellar financial advisors, like legit financial planners yeah and because they are exposed to not just one uh vehicle uh, vehicle right or asset class they have actually been exposed to stocks mutual funds gic's real estate uh private lending insurance whole life insurance like really simple stuff but really complex stuff too and part of it is they they also invest in these things too so they can talk the talk they talk the talk as they can walk the walk kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Right. So like, don't think that your situation is like unique that, you know, uh, I've never done anything with my finance. I've never really given them really any thought. So I can only need to talk to some like, Hey, talk to your spouse, talk to your partner, talk, talk to your parents. See if that even like start talking, start about talking it. because when it comes down to it, if you don't ask that first question, you will never be able to figure out the next step. And I guarantee you another person is wanting to ask the exact same question. Yeah. Yeah. It's more common than you think. And people are, again, fearful of being judged. Yeah. You know, but yeah, <laughs> just do it. it. Go back to your days in school where the teacher would said, okay, who can solve this problem for, for me? 
raise your hand. Or they would explain something and they basically says, does, does anyone have any questions? How many hands went up at the end of that? I could tell you that I did not ask a lot of questions back in school. Sometimes I did, but most of the time I'm like, yeah. Yeah, same. I, I don't want to sound <laughs> stupid, right? Yeah. I don't want to sound stupid. Yeah. I can tell you right now, I wasn't the smartest kid in the class, right? especially in university. I was not the smartest kid in the class. I was, <laughs> geez, bottom of the barrel, man. <laughs> well, university isn't everything, as we all know. Exactly. Our marks don't really. Marks don't mean shit. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, like, the, the so recap five things, right? The five money scripts and the money demons that we've kind of grown up with. You you can ask yourself, what do you, what were some of those that, you grew up with or sometimes that you continue to hold right don't talk about money save your way to retirement debt is bad the more money you have the happier i'll be i can't improve my finances if i don't talk to a pro those are the fives that we heard and the five five scripts that we grew up with so there's not only five like we said there's tons of them so ask yourself like do any of those resonate with you? Have you heard that? Do you still hear that? What can you do about that? Great ending. I ran out of coffee. All right. Yeah. So hopefully you guys found some value out of this. Um, like we were saying, we want this to be like conversational because uh, we're trying to bring a perspective, a fresh perspective from real people, right? Just regular people like you and me. And there's too many celebrities now, I think, that, you know, they they talk their story, which is super inspiring and stuff like that. It's really hard to relate to someone that's already there. So it's motivating, but it's hard to relate. Mm -hmm. So we want you to be able to take value with this, right? And if it didn't give you any value, hey, well, maybe next time, maybe next time. Sorry. But um, if it did, leave a comment. Right. Write, write something in the in the comment section. What do you think? What did you take away from it? I mean, what did you didn't? What, what wish did you what do you wish you heard? Or reach out to us and let's talk yeah, about it. Reach out. Let's talk about it. Because like, like Jen said, I guarantee you there are you're not the only one thinking about this. So. Uh, that's a wrap. We're coming up to time here. So, um, so reach out. If you want to reach out to us, we're on Instagram. Follow us on Instagram. You're everyday rich. Uh, share this podcast with your friends. And if you're a friend already, I appreciate the support. Appreciate the support already. But yeah. Anyways, hopefully you can, you can take that away and change your unconscious bias about, uh, those money scripts so that you can really start, you know, taking control to live your everyday rich. All right. Alrighty. Signing off. All right. Well, till next time guys. See ya. All right. Peace. Your everyday rich podcast is presented solely for general information, educational and entertainment purposes. Any such information or other material should not be construed as legal tax investment, financial, or other advice. It is not intended as a substitute for the advice of a qualified professional.